Welcome to another cynical supplement. Um, things came up over the weekend, and we couldn't do our immediate E3 wrap-up show, uh, as we discussed at the end of the uh, Sony Day of Conferences. I think it was the Monday. There, we wanted to actually have like a little bit of time to like watch all the coverage, watch all the footage, and then come to like an overall kind of impression. Because there wasn't, we, we suspected at the time that there wouldn't. It was possible that Nintendo had a lot to show, but it was also possible that they didn't have much to show, and it turns out they didn't have much to show. So um, that kind of eventuated in what we have now, where uh, over the weekend things came up, so we didn't get a chance to actually record our overall impressions, but here I am. There's this little check-in. I'm not sure how long ago today. Some of it I'll be recording today, some of it I'll be recording tomorrow. I have to squeeze this in between other stuff during the week. Either way, um, I did want to hit you guys up and give you guys some impressions from E3. Um, I'm going to start with Nintendo here. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking like that. Like I'm speaking like fucking Mark Ripetow for some reason. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to start with some overall impressions for Nintendo here. And it's it's... It was one of those strange things um, where what they showed was pretty cool, but it wasn't what I wanted. But I wanted things that weren't like there was no reason to want the things I wanted. Right. Um, It was like there was no indication that I'd get things like Phoenix Wright or any of like the 3DS ports we'd be hoping for. Um, And the one thing I did really ask for that made sense to be there was there which is fire emblem so um to go from what i remember i don't have a like a a breakdown in front of me i'm just going to go off like big points they they opened up with uh announcing some new games for the system there's that mech game etc um but really like if i was to boil it all down regarding that nintendo conference or um presentation or whatever you want to call it it was Essentially, Fire Emblem and Smash Brothers. Those are my big two takeaways. Um, as a person, and I, and I hate to... I don't want to surprise anyone out there. I'm not the biggest Nintendo guy. And that definitely extends to Smash Brothers to the point where like, it almost is more the case for Smash Brothers than almost anything else they put out. I would give Mario a try, and I did. I finished Zelda. Um, I... Donkey Kong is kind of in that area of Smash Brothers, but really it is Smash Brothers that I'm just like have so little interest in. Same as Splatoon. You know what? Actually, Splatoon, Smash Brothers, and fucking Donkey Kong. No interest whatsoever. Um, to it was Smash Brothers, I just look at that and go, why wouldn't you just play a fucking fighting game? Like this is, I just don't even get, I don't even understand why people like Smash Brothers. Aside from the fan service factor, which is fair. Like I can understand that part of it. Like half the reason I would play something like Dragon Ball Fighters is because of the, the fan service factor. Um, even though that is a good video game. Um, 
for Smash Brothers, though, like, yeah, the fact that that, that conference is like 15 or whatever, 20 something minutes of Smash Brothers, that didn't exactly help my case. The fact that it was 2 a.m. in the morning when I had to watch it, which means I, I, I think I stayed up for it or something. I might have woken up for it. Um, that didn't help my case. But either way, like, the, so, like, really, if I broke it down, the Smash Brothers, I don't care about that. So, all it really gave me was Fire Emblem. And that's part of why we didn't record that day, because there wasn't actually that many takeaways from Nintendo. And we, if we were to um, wait for first day impressions, that would already be too late to start recording. So um, the, I think the overall fan reaction to Smash Brothers has been positive. That's, that's all I have to say about that. And that's good to hear. Good for you, Nintendo. Um, for Fire Emblem, it's curious, because for one thing, they did exactly with the thing I was most hoping they would do, which is, which is confirm that they're going back to having fucking one game, not 8 million or, well, three different campaigns you have to buy three different SKUs for um, Pokemon style. Actually, worse than Pokemon style, Pokemon at least has the one campaign in which you have different Pokemon with, like, maybe slight variances, like the particularly in the legendary that is usually central to the campaign. In Fire Emblem, had, in the previous one, they had three totally different campaigns with different casts of characters, different um, missions and objectives and, like, storylines. It's just... St- f- fuck them. I, I'm not going to buy three games. Like, considering each one was, like, 20 to 30 hours of gameplay, from memory, maybe even more, there's no way I have 90 hours of Fire Emblem in me. Um, especially since there isn't, like, the characters aren't that deep. Yeah, you, you can max them out in terms of their relationships pretty quickly, so you actually end up burning through a lot of the, um, a lot of, like, the, the side story stuff really quickly. So all you have left is gameplay, and then, then you just have the terrible main plot. So, eh, the, the gameplay is great, but not deep enough, I don't think, to sustain yourself through really a whole, like, I barely, it barely sustains you as a 30-hour campaign, let alone three of those. Even though they have different objectives and trying to mix things up, it's still not for me. Especially if you, like, spend some time grinding and just break the shit out of that combat system. Um, anyway, now it's... So the biggest takeaway for me is that it's one game. That is great. It immediately puts it up into my um, anticipated games list, except for the fact that it was fucking pushed to next year from memory, unless I'm being crazy, I'm pretty sure that was the case, which immediately puts it up against the biggest games, like, in one of the most crowded quarters we've heard of since last year. Like, well, I guess that's not a long time, but last year, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Yakuza, um, Zelda, there was just, like, back-to-back huge games in the first quarter, and this Fire Emblem game is just dumped into the swath of things like um what's the fuck De- like not division actually it might be Di- i think division actually might yes division is there you've got division you've got assassin's creed no not assassin's creed it was the other one it was um anthem days gone um and like a billion other games that are all like number one stunner level games coming out supposedly in january in the january to march ish slash May-ish time frame next year. Fuck that. Like, 
no way I'm going to play Fire Emblem when surrounded by those games, even as much as I like Fire Emblem. So there was a massive piece of bad news in terms of that for this, especially since for me, the second half of this year for Switch is fucking empty. Like there's Octopath Traveler coming out in a couple of, actually around, is this a couple of days? Might be a couple of days, if not a couple of weeks. Um, I'm shady. I'm shaky on the, the release. I thought it was July, but it might be June. Um, Octopath Traveler coming out really soon. And then um, Tales of Vesperia on the Switch version, assuming that's day and date, which is a big assumption because I don't think they've actually given us a date for it. And looking at other ports, the Switch version tends to be the one that's delayed. So assuming that there is a Switch version of Tales of Vesperia, then that is my holiday game for this platform. And that's it. I have nothing else in that thing that I care about unless Bloodstained gets a release date, in which case maybe I'll play that. Well, I'll probably play it on Switch. But everything else, like fucking whatever. Um, Smash is not my deal. Uh, so, now, so Switch essentially just has Tales of Vesperia, maybe in the last quarter. And then you have um, it getting murdered up against the fucking hugest games of the, la- the, the next couple of years coming out in the first quarter of 2019. Um, assuming they don't get pushed, which they will. Let's not be crazy. Oh, yeah, Resident Evil. Like, fuck me. There's so much stuff coming out in 2019. Early 2019. Um, anyway, that said, actual impressions of the game, I'm pretty pretty cool on it. Uh, sorry, not cool. Like, pretty warm on it. It seems to be ticking off the boxes, right? Um, it's it's kind of ugly. I'm just going to put that out front. Um, but I really like the cool, like, little the new way they're displaying the way they decided to use the power wasn't to up the graphical level really even though they increased the realism somewhat from the 3ds versions what they essentially do is just put more units on screen um which is a way to use power i guess uh but i I like the the concept of the new or slightly edited bad little system um for me it really will come down to how that story is because i already have faith that the fire emblem gameplay is good and again, I don't even know I'm going to play this thing, especially with what quarter comes out. If it has a good story, it'll have a greater chance of being played by me than if it has a bad story. And that's all I can give it because fuck, they missed a big thing by missing this quarter. Or so the end of this year. God, they they just got thrown into the lion's den. But overall, that game looks cool. Like, um, well, visually looks kind of shit, but overall looks kind of cool. Um. And that's Nintendo, man. Like th- That was their E3 as far as I'm concerned. Um, maybe there were some 3DS updates I didn't keep track of. Like, that I didn't really... Because uh, I don't... I have no real interest in using my 3DS nowadays. Even though I'm certain there's probably some games coming out for 3DS that I care about. Um, just bringing up some information here regarding what was announced for 3DS. Apparently it's just freaking a Luigi's Mansion re-release and a mario kart thing okay all right so not even anything there for me um fucking mario party was announced i'm sorry but i'm fucking not a mario party guy yeah whatever so you guys nintendo d3 holy shit man that was a um uh, especially after sony's conference even though the games they showed were fucking incredible after the um, terrible actual showing they had, uh, not terrible, but, you know, poor, 
um, it was kind of Nintendo's, in my opinion, Nintendo's E3 to win. And they they didn't really bring the fire, you know? It makes me wonder if they even have the fire. Um, Pokemon's going to be a huge fucking deal. And I don't mean let's go Eevee and Pikachu, uh, even though those will probably sell very well at, later this year. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I skipped over them when talking about what they had for later this year, but I don't know if I'll buy them. Um, maybe, yeah, a lot of people, Duran's going to buy it for his kid. Like, that's going to be, those are going to probably sell quite well. But when the next gen Pokemon, the real next gen Pokemon gets fucking announced, that's going to be a big deal. But aside from that, what fire do they have? Metroid Prime, I guess. Far out. Streaming Guy Tensei 5 is definitely something I'm looking forward to, but. That's we have no idea when that's coming. That was a total no show from memory. Um so yeah, that was Nintendo at E3. And that's my coverage of that. Maybe we'll talk about it more in the next recording where we do an E3 wrap up. Hopefully I can get the guys together for that. Uh but aside from that, I'm just gonna take a quick break here and then come back with my overall biggest games from E3, the Cynica Picks. Biggest games of E3, things to I'm most excited for coming out of E3, things that showed the best. Um, and I think I'll be doing a top 10 format if I can get her, if I can get myself to do, to actually rank them to see you after this. Alright, I am back with uh, my overall E3 impressions now that I'm done with Nintendo. Um, I would say that this year was a really strange E3 because if you look at it from a perspective of the games that were shown, they're probably the coolest games we've seen this whole generation. Um, Like, number one stun is like Witcher 3 and God of War withstanding. Um, That said though, like the actual hype level coming out of E3, it was probably the lowest over the last number of E3s. And that kind of makes sense because the tail end of a generation and that's always what happens. Like everything starts slowly winding down. You start seeing more of what you already expect. You start seeing more of the games that already been announced or announced early in the generation. And in the background, there's a kind of like fervor for, you know what, what's next? Like what's the next big thing that makes, that will make us go like truly go wow. Though I will say, the games we saw this E3 were the by far the best looking games I've ever seen. Who knows if it'll look like that at release? Um, for example, Cyberpunk was running on a fucking 1080 Ti. Like it was just on a maxed spec system to get it looking like that, um, which means it definitely won't look like that on consoles. Not that I'll be playing it on console. I'll play that on PC like I did Witcher. Um, but I don't have a 1080 Ti. I have a 1080. So I don't know how good that game will look for me. But that said, yeah, overall, E3 was kind of great and terrible at the same time. Um, I really look forward to, honestly, I really do look forward to the hype of new, new consoles. Um, I doubt they'll be next year. I bet they'll be the year after that. I'm hoping they're next year, but it seems unlikely, more and more unlikely as we go forward. Um, press conference-wise, I think uh, if I was to rank them, I'd say the top th- five were probably... Uh, 
I don't know, Ubisoft at four, Nintendo at three, Microsoft at two, no, Sony at two, because if I shit their actual, the way they showed things were, Microsoft at one, and then five would be the rest as far as I'm concerned. They're all kind of, I don't know. In fact, I would say there's, there's a top three of of Ubisoft, Sony, and Microsoft at three, two, and one, and then everyone else can just sit below that because I nothing really gave me much of a buzz, like a real like excitement level, even though some cool things were announced. Like uh, I liked finally seeing Fire Emblem. I liked finally, um, I liked the, the jolly vibes of, actually, no, I liked the jolly vibes of Ubisoft. Bethesda was just kind of fucking weird. Um, some of it was really funny, like Skyrim for Alexa is probably the coolest and craziest thing that came out of E3, though I think everyone forgot about it. Like it's only been a week and I think everyone's forgot about it. Um, so yeah, there's a top three and then there's fucking everyone else. Um, Microsoft came with the fire. That was pretty awesome. Um, they still have a problem though, where every game they showed, I'm just going to play it somewhere else. Like I did, uh, Gears of War and Halo Infinite withstanding. Um, like, and I'm I'm not a Gears guy, and I'm to a lesser extent a Halo guy. I'd be you can convince me to play a Halo if it's on PC. Definitely, I will not go buy an Xbox One X because I wouldn't buy a normal Xbox One for Halo. Um, the fact though is they showed me Tales of Vesperia remake, and that immediately was the number one. So I'm sorry. That's just that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm a fanboy for Tales of Vesperia. Deal with it. Um, that's it though. Those three were great. Sony, god damn, that was a fucking terrible shit show when it comes to the actual showing of um, games. But the games they showed were my favorite of the show. Um, in terms of just like an overall, the games I'm most interested to see, those were them. They showed me them. And god damn, I can't think of a single game at the Sony press conference that didn't look fantastic. Um, even the smaller game, like that weird Trevor Universe thing, the thing by the. Um, Rick and Morty guy, even that was like funny and showed well, um, even though they didn't really show any of the game itself, it was still funny. They did the thing they were trying to do. Um, and then you had cool little like things like control and bombs like fucking Resident Evil. Um, so that was, that was like, if they didn't do the stupid break thing, uh, if they did something like what they did last year, where it was just a, you know, just show us trailers. That's all I can't, I come to conferences for games. I don't come to conferences for, uh, industry um like dealings like i didn't i didn't need microsoft to say they bought studios at a conference that felt weird to me um but yeah i came for games and damn the game showed sony showed were incredible but microsoft did show some fantastic games they just won exclusives they just won exclusives except for gears and forza both of which looked good i guess gears less so i think forza looks incredible but whatever um moving on though Let's get to it. Uh, all I intend to do today until we get the crew together for a full recording is to do my top 10 games of E3 2018. This is my personal list, influenced by no one else. So you will see Tales of Vesperia, for example, high on this fucking list. Just warning you ahead of time. Um, and because of things like that, because it is a personal preference list, I will put out there that I'm because I'm doing a top 10, there were definitely more than 10 excellent games shown. I'm just going to do it. I rattle off a couple of, um, how would I call it? Uh, runners up here that didn't quite make it because I do have an ordered list um, from 10 to 1. The 
of my nominees that, that didn't make it, so my runners up here, the honorable mentions, um, we have Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which uh, had a graphical update that made it look great. Um, thank God that game has, that, that it needed that spit and polish, you know. And I'm happy it doesn't have a release date yet because it still, I think, needs a little bit more spit and polish because it doesn't quite move. It doesn't look like it quite moves right. I don't know. But after the, the um, Bloodstained uh, Curse of the Moon, or what it's called, uh, I'm 100% on board for whatever they do with Bloodstained. So that was great to see. Mega Man 11, that, I hadn't seen that game since it was announced. It looks incredible. Um, awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Uh, Life is Strange to prequel i'm on board 100 percent. already got me i'm not really sold on the main character i think the imagine power of imagination is kind of dumb and i think kid problems aren't problems i've ever cared about like i'm i'm over that uh harry potter was like kind of the last the last bit of um interest i had in kid problems like any kids in fiction are usually shit stranger things obviously the glaring exception um but even then stranger things season two i didn't like that much um so we'll see how awesome adventures goes it has some of that same kind of dreamscape-esque feeling to it hopefully it's good hopefully it's good um these two go without mention almost uh starfield and elsewhere six there by name only i'm happy they exist or will exist uh resident evil 2 this might be controversial i only put this here because I really want it to be my first Resident Evil game. I don't know if I can ever get the balls to play it. <laughs> it looked fantastic. Um, its reveal was fantastic and done excellently. I'm so happy it was there. I'm so happy to see people like Michael P. Huber at Easy Allies just go fucking and crazy for it. Um, I'm so happy the people who have been looking forward to the game finally got what they wanted. Uh, that's what E3 is about. But Resident Evil, in terms of something I'll actually play, like, those games are scary. <laughs> I want it to be my first Resident Evil game. I want to get the balls. But we'll see. We will see when it comes to Resident Evil 2. Looks great, though. Looks absolutely great. Like, they went above and beyond with that remake. Um, and the final uh, honorable mention here, and then that, it's only the final one because I didn't have time to just keep digging for games that I hadn't. Like Division 2 and a bunch of other stuff, like I'm sure those are great too. But the final real honorable mention that I thought about was um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I mentioned before the break. Um, that game looks like a Fire Emblem game I will play. I just do not know if I'll actually play it in the time period it's coming out. So, don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. Now, let's move into it. Top 10 games, Cynic's Top 10 Games of E3 2018. Starting at number 10, uh, again, criteria is what got me the most hyped, what looked the best, showed the best, and got the best buzz out of the um, post-event coverage all put together into the things that impressed me most coming out of E3. Um, at number 10, we've got Devil May Cry 5. Now, why is this number 10 instead of higher on my list? Because... Um, you don't even have to be told why it's on my list. Fuck yeah, more Devil May Cry. Hell the hell yeah. Um, it's not higher on my list because I didn't play 4, so I don't know who the fuck Nero is. Um, also, I really, really, really love DMC Devil May Cry by Ninja Theory. Um, and that's part of it. And I really like the original Devil May Cry. So I'm, pr I'm 
definitely interested in checking out DMC5. Um, but because I don't have that like real fan thing behind me, I can't say it's like really high on my list, but it went from not on my radar to on my radar to something I like. I might even pick it up, even though I haven't played things like DMC4. Um, should I play DMC4 before it comes out? Maybe, like maybe that'll be a thing I do. Because um, it does look really cool. Or I hope it'll be really cool. It's fucking never really crime at five. DMC is back, baby. I'm happy to see that. That's number 10. Number nine, Control. I am really psyched for this. Um, it is by the guys who made Alan Wake, Remedy Studios. Uh, there's a bit in the trailer of her side strafing while shooting with her gun. And that looked like a Remedy-ass Remedy game. Um, I really dig the protagonist. Uh, I like the idea of an older character. Um, not like a, a sprightly young teenage girl kind of thing, like hot, big boobs, whatever. Like, nah, she's just like a older woman who's the director of a government facility as a main protagonist. And that seems fucking cool. Um, but even that aside, like that's like the smallest part of why this is cool. You could kind of put any protagonist in its place because the actual idea of this weird facility around this weird unknown technology and crazy like otherworldly shit happening in this closed space where you have non-Euclidean, non-Newtonian and non-Euclidean, whatever, um, aspects like you go up to a bell and you ring it three times and the whole world around you transforms into like this weird crazy spinning hallway like cool crazy shit like that um is in that game and it looks like it's totally tipsy-turvy in a way that harkens back to some of the stuff they did with alan wake and that could be fucking cool um i'm on board control man and it was and it's definitely on my hype list because we didn't even know about it before this um so i'm really interested to see where it goes hopefully it reviews well hopefully it plays well um but they've got me interested like it's remedy guys you got me number seven doom eternal motherfucker yes i didn't even finish the original doom but i had so much fun playing the first couple of levels that i will buy doom eternal <laughs> or i'm already on board <laughs> Um, it has the exact, like, uh, I don't know why, and I don't know how they still managed to keep it, but they've got something about that tone of doom of just fuck you video games, motherfucker. Um, we're just going to make you a, a, a fucking shooter where you shoot demons to death with your guns. <laughs> something about that just got me like so hype. Um, and I'm happy they're doing it. I, I don't know why they didn't call it doom Two. Like it really should have been called doom Two, but I'm on board. Like, just make more fucking Doom. Uh, even if I didn't finish that game, I still want more fucking Doom. I should go back and finish Doom. Number seven. So, it's interesting that this is on my list and something else isn't. Um, I say that, like, okay, I'm just going to say it out and come on and say it. Lost of Us isn't on my list. I didn't want it to want to see it coming to E3. It looked incredible. It's probably the best looking game I saw at E3, just purely graphically. I didn't want to see it. I ended up seeing it. I liked what I saw, but I also didn't like some parts of what I saw. Like, where the fuck is Joel, for example? Like, is he dead? Please don't tell me he's fucking dead. 
However, a different game that showed me more and actually got me just as interested uh, is fucking Death Stranding. Number seven, Death Stranding. That is a weird trip, and I think... I suspect Kojima is still rope-a-doping us. I think we got a... Uh, despite what my prediction said <laughs> in a previous E3 Reactions episode, um, I have the deep suspicion that we just got Metal Gear Solid 2'd with the Death Stranding trailer, where maybe there'll be like an hour of him sneaking around without a gun in that whole fucking video game. And I bet this is going to be a very different thing to what we saw. Um, but from what i just like the lore they're building i just like the fact that he's starting out as a delivery man that's really cool um the graphics are pretty fantastic like it's using that horizon zero dawn trailer like um the horizon zero dawn engine and what they've done is and what i can see is that they have far less things on screen like you have a bare bones basic desert and stuff right but that lets, lets them use all that horsepower of that engine on the character models. Because if you think of that engine, it's made to make, like render like fucking seas, like herds of fully animated robots running through tall grass in between like swaying trees in the wind, right? It's made to do a lot of stuff on screen. So put all that horsepower into just making fucking incredible character models and that's what these guys have done and god damn those are some amazing looking character models and some really cool looking just general stuff going on on screen um to be fair like some of it did look kind of drab and boring like the desert environment but that's kind of the look he's going for ever since metal gear solid 5 there's some genetics of metal gear solid 5 in this which i'm kind of appreciating but overall it's just like the weird craziness of the plot the fact that you're a fucking delivery man who the fuck knows well that's how it happened i think we're getting metal gear solid 2 death stranding number seven on my top 10 list 100 percent. thank you kojima or kojima Number six, I would not have thought this game was e would even be on my list. Other people would think I'm crazy for thinking so, but fuck you. I'm so over um, Spider-Man as a character. I did. I liked Spider-Man Home Homecoming on on the the movies, the movie screen. Um, it was all right, but like, he's never been a character I've been that into. Like Spider-Man Two is a great movie, but so outside of the movies, like, I don't, I've never liked Spider-Man in the comics. Um, I have no interest in, like, I never played any of the old Spider-Man games. I never played Spider-Man in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, in any of the Marvel fighting games, I never played Spider-Man. He's just not my character. Um, but that game just looks fucking incredible. It is a testament to how good that game looks that it's number six on my list. Um, because holy cow, I didn't even know how, like, what engine are they using? Fucking Insomniac, man. Is that also the HZD engine? Is that, that Decima going? Because, oh man, that city looks better than any city I've seen in a video game, except for maybe Cyberpunk. Um, and fuck, like, that thing, the fact that that thing's running on a PS4 is incredible to me um it just looked so it just moved so well i'm i've i was worried about combat from watching the gameplay demo but all this is one of those games where all the post um impressions of it have been so like glowingly positive that it's pushed it up my hype list um 
everyone seems to say that Spider-Man controls like a dream and the combat system is actually challenging, which is a massive feather in the cap for me. Um, and it does really look that good in real life. So that all together puts Spider-Man high. Um, the craziest thing, and, and probably like the thing that's most interesting to me um, is that it's coming out this fucking year, which is a factor as to my list going forward. Um, a little fa- little bit of a factor. Um, it's coming out this year. In a couple of months, we'll be playing this fucking game. And uh, yeah, the fact that I'm even considering buying it is a big deal to me anyway for, for you i bet like for a lot of people at home i bet spider-man just came out of e3 looking stellar and they've already sold on it but for me i wasn't sold on it at all and now i'm sold to some degree it has to review well still like it's still i'm not pre-ordering this fucking thing but if it gets like low 90s high 80s which i i guess is a lot to ask for but not for sony like first party published game um that's kind of the expectation now for sony games like you you have to be high 80s low 90s at least um if you're a Sony game, otherwise you've kind of missed your mark. Uh, so if it hits in that range, I'm I'm going to pick it up. And there's nothing really near its release date, like re- really encroach close to its release date to stop me. So I'll probably end up picking up Spider-Man. It looks fucking incredible. Number five. In terms of the games on this list, I am most likely to buy in the near future that... Uh, I'm like so sold on a may as well pre-order. It's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Number five, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I would, again, never have thought this would be high on my list. No way, I would not have thought it'd be number five. And I'm going to admit that a lot of this is because I didn't play Origins. A lot of things that this game is doing that look really cool are things Origins did before it. And I can totally understand if you're an Origins guy that you're not that hyped for this. But for me, Ancient Greece, sorry, Mystical Ancient Greece, plus Assassin's Creed, plus how good that game looks. Um, I am so excited. The fact that they added RPG elements with fucking choices, romances, fucking... um, They kept all the leveling up stuff and gear from uh, Odyssey. The male-female character choices, like I'll probably go for the dude, but it's cool that the chick's there. Um, The... I just like the the accents. Something about the accents didn't seem quite right, but I liked them. Uh, they didn't seem period appropriate. It obviously, wouldn't be period appropriate, but it didn't seem region appropriate, but I liked them. I don't care. Um, it's just really cool. Like, I just love that world, man. Like, sailing the open seas around bits of Italy. I assume it's Italy, like that area of the Roman Empire. I don't actually know for certain. It could be somewhere else. Um was it Greece? Is it Greece or Rome? It's Greece, actually. Yeah, it's Greece. So it might be, yeah, somewhere around Greece, etc. Like the, that whole thing, that whole area of the world could be really cool to explore by ship. Um, but then it's just like getting up a ship. And the idea that there's freaking um, underwater temples and stuff which I know were in previous Assassin's Creed games, but I haven't played one of these games for so long that it got me hyped again, right? And it's coming out later this year. Like, that's a huge deal to me. But this is a game I will be playing later this year. I will... I'm almost certain to buy it. Like, again, I'm against pre-orders, so I haven't pre-ordered this game, but holy cow, am I sold. Um, I just really like the way it moved. I don't necessarily like some of the combat stuff I'm seeing, but 
the RPG elements can easily overcome that for me. Like I like Witcher, and that that combat was pretty average, if not poor. Um, well, probably not poor, but it's definitely average. This looks better than that, and I love Witcher. Um, so yeah, they're Witchering Assassin's Creed, and you're setting in ancient Greece, which is one of the coolest time periods of all history. You're the freaking like, grand nephew of fucking Leonidas himself. Um, that is cool. Like this is cool to the core, and it showed well. It played well. There were positive reactions coming out of it. Um, definitely, the reaction was, "Hey, it's more Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but set in a different era with with more RPG elements." And that sounds exactly like what I wanted. Um, so about the architecture of Assassin's Creed Odyssey never sold me because it never felt like an Assassin's Creed game. Things weren't high enough. They, things didn't look like you really got like a cityscape to it, but moving that to greece changes all of that like you got cityscapes you've got that assassin's creed feel of moving around a vertical environment um plus the statues a bunch of other cool things like i am yeah Assassin's Creed odyssey man so sold so sold number five all right number four are my top games of e3 2017 sekiro Shadows die twice. From software, motherfuckers. Doing it again. Got you some Dark Souls in and Ninja Gaiden inside your samurai game. I yeah, that's a that's a match made in heaven, you know? Um grappling hook. Plus Dark Souls. That by itself got me hyped. Dark Souls 3, one of my favorite games of the last couple of years. Bloodborne. Didn't like as much as Dark Souls, but I loved it. Dark Souls One, one of the my I think one of the best action games ever made. Fight me on that, but I doubt anyone will. Um, and this just looks like them leaning harder forward in that. And this is higher on my list because I have a feeling it'll be out relatively soon. Even though I don't think we got a release date for it, I think that's a 2019 game, like almost certainly a 2019 game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's an early 2019 game, or sorry, a mid 2019 game because they'd be crazy to come out early. Um, but yeah, like it, the, the idea of a boss fight in a Dark Soul esque game, but where you got a grappling hook, which changes the whole mechanics of it, of like the moving around environments, like you don't. I'm kind of tired of hitting roll or whatever dash if it's bloodborne over and over and over again around a boss. Like I'm, I'm kind of tired of that, that loop of if it's dark souls, block, roll, block, block, roll, hit, 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 block, roll, block, block, roll, 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 hit, hit. Like I'm kind of over that. The idea of being able to reposition in a, that kind of tense combat with a grappling hook of maybe even using for some, hopefully even using some verticality to it or grappling part of an enemy like the sword you see in one of the boss fights um that is just that is so cool and it's one of those games that does like graphically not that great didn't show that well but i know and you know that that game will play like a fucking dream um hopefully it doesn't have frame timing issues like some of the previous dark souls games uh and but it really will come down to combat design and balance and i think from software has proven that they can nail both those things and i think it's coming out soon like i bet it's mid 2019 if not except 2019 like not too far into the holiday season and with that shadows that twice number four in my top 10 
Number three is the opposite of Shadows Die Twice in that I don't think this game is coming out anytime soon. Um, the trailer for it didn't wow me that much. It did wow me, but didn't wow me that much. What really wowed me was, was the descriptions of the clo- the 50-minute closed demo, uh, which we never got to see, like Witcher, before it. And that kind of reveals it. It's Cyberpunk 2077. Not number one. I suspected I'd see, if I had personally seen that demo, it might have been. But this thing ain't coming out for years, motherfucker. This thing's coming out in like 2020, maybe 2021. Like, God. Um, but just seeing it, fuck, man, put that thing in my veins. Um, I've been sold on it since the first trailer. Again, I'm not into pre-orders, but when the thing comes out and they announce the pre-order bonuses, I will probably pre-order Cyberpunk 2077. That's it. I'm just waiting to see what the pre-order bonuses were. I'm waiting to see which and which version of the pre-order I will buy and on what platform. That's it. They've got me. It looks goddamn incredible. Um, the fact that that thing was running in real time, to be fair, it's in a 1080 Ti. But hey, man, that's probably 1080 Ti running at 60. I don't mind it if I run... Um, it at 1080p 60, which I definitely will be able to do on my 1080. Uh, I would be interested in seeing how I'd run it at 4k 30 and how that would look. Um, but overall, like the fact that people walked away going, no, no, that's the fucking game that impresses me. Um, that density of NPCs and stuff like that is so clearly a next gen game. And I'm, it makes me excited to what to see next gen because I'm actually more excited by the fact that we have so many things on screen than how it looks. It doesn't look that great. Um, it is not look the best looking game at E3, not by no, like not by a long margin. Um, open world wise, I think Spider Man looks better. Um, the well designed Spider Man, sorry, Cyberpunk looks better. But just in terms of the graphical fidelity of an open world game, Spider Man looks better to me. Um, and that's not even to mention Ghost of Tsushima. But uh, in terms of just pure graphical quality, Last of Us, like that, nothing came close. That, that, thing, that game looked so good that people accused them of fucking cheating and like putting up fake videos. That's how good that game looked. Um, and they, they played it real time in front of people like Michael P. Huber. Um, so, fuck, man. But Cyberpunk, the fact that the game's a full-on RPG-ass RPG, um... I don't mind the fact that it's first person. I would have preferred third person, but first person's fine, especially since it's a shooter. So sure, I, I, I'll get behind that. Um, the fact that it's got the they confirmed things like you're you you have like a Deus Ex kind of body where you're putting in parts like blade arms and shit. That's that's kind of interesting and, and got me interested there. That's really cool. Um, the weird tech focus is kind of cool. The fact that they're focusing on smaller storylines with more side content is kind of great. That's That was the strength from Witcher 3. Um, even though I did like that main story, it wasn't the strongest thing about that game. Um, it's that team. I mean, it's Witcher. But it's fucking cool, dystopian, um, sci-fi near future. And that's fucking cool. Um... I just really hope, like, the, my takeaways from that is, uh, for one, it's not coming out soon. That's a big takeaway. The other one is, I hope they do really um, 
nail their combat. That that was the weakness of Witcher Three. I know this is a shooter, so it's a different genre, but they really I, I that kind of makes me even more concerned. So because I, I have no idea if CD Projekt can make good first person shooting. Hopefully they hire the right people, because. Um, yeah, if that game plays poorly, like it has to play at least Mass Effect 2 good, you know? It has to play at least Mass Effect 2 good. Hopefully even Mass Effect 3 or Mass Effect Andromeda good. And that's I'm picking those games specifically because those don't even those aren't even that great a shooter. Like those compared to something fucking like Titanfall 2, which is probably my favorite playing shooter ever, um, or Doom, which is right up there with Titanfall 2. Like, I'm not expecting that level of shooting from this. Just get to Mass Effect 3 good, please, for the love of God. Um, but that said, though, uh, that sound design, that visual design, that car, um, everything about that game looked cool. And all the descriptions of that 50-minute closed demo were incredible. Um, the backstabbing side stories, the fact that it was all a side story uh, is, is is crazy to me. The depth of the choices you can make, the combat choices you can make, and options you have, like all that stuff coming together, just so impressive. Um, so that's why Cyberpunk, number three on my games of E3 2018. If I'd seen more of it, maybe it'd be higher, but I didn't. All behind closed doors, so who knows? Number two, you expected it. I called it beforehand. I This was the only game of the whole show that made me scream like yell out loud of, of excitement that this is happening but tales of vesperia remastered <laughs> i can hear you all saying fuck you cynic but i don't care this is my number two game of e3 2018 the fact that it's on nintendo switch is even more pumped has me so much more pumped hopefully it's coming out on that platform day and date with the rest of the platforms if not i'll play it better than us and i don't care but Tales of Vesperia is back later this year. That is like a dream country. Um, that is a dream country. If it was first on Xbox, I am buying Xbox for it. Full stop. That's how much I love that game. I don't care. It's my Resident Evil 2. How about that? Um, like, it's not my favorite game of all time, but it's one of my favorite RPGs ever made. And I just can't wait to see if that theme holds up. I can't wait to see more of it. Um, sorry, I don't need to see more of it because I already know what that game is. I just want it in my hands. I just want to buy that fucking thing. I'm just waiting to see when the release dates are to pre-order. Like, it is on my shortlist of things I will pre-order. That's how much I fucking care about Tales of Vesperia. Uh, it is the best Tales game, I think, with hands down. And I played pretty much all of them. Um, that's a lot. I played pretty much all the old ones. Um, and damn, like, that story was fun. It was back when Troy Boyko was, like, not that popular so he's really cool like, he was a great voice actor at the time it, like surprised me about how good he was um which nowadays obviously isn't surprising at all uh and damn like that combat system was fun like i uh, i just love that world i love the side characters I love all the skits like i and it's the it's the enhanced version of it with more characters and stuff like damn it i can't wait to play tales of Vesperia again and that's later this year so with that, I'll cut off my Tales of Vesperia talk. I'll spare you guys me waxing and waning about Tales of fucking Vesperia. It's an old game, Cynic. Move the fuck on. You made your point. But that is my number two game of E3 2018. Deal with it. Moving on to my number one game of E3 2018. Wouldn't have said this was it. Like Again, I wasn't expecting it to be this order, but Ghosts 
of Tsushima, motherfuckers. Yes, the combat looks stilted a little bit. But that is the only negative I can say about everything I saw at E3 2018. Voice acting on point. Comes in Japanese too. Already confirmed. I'm playing that game in Japanese. Full stop. That world. Best looking open world I've seen in a video game. Full stop. I, I know it's not that like... um active with lots of npcs and animals or the animals moving around but not many npcs moving around all that kind of stuff i don't care i just love foliage density i didn't know i wanted foliage density so i saw that it is incredible to me the fact that they got their particle effects guys essentially on foliage and moving particulates like uh, i'm a particular i'm sorry leaves and stuff like it shows I have not seen a game that looks like that before. E3 for me is about seeing something you've never seen before and going wow. And seeing the the fields in front of him as he rode with his horse through the tall grass it just made me go, holy fucking shit, that game. Um, but I think my moment of E3 is that fight under the like autumn tree i don't think it was a cherry blossom it was just like autumn leaves falling on the ground with two fucking samurai with a fucking sunset behind them doing a classic movie sword fight oh that's the shivers this gave me shivers when i watched it i was just like again didn't know that's what i wanted really like i i, I was kind of interested because it's sucker punch and that's a large reason why i'm so pumped for this game because I really like the infamous games, but seeing that moment, that re that recreation of all the most amazing samurai movies, but done at that fidelity with that fucking particle system, like all those leaves falling, like I've, oh man, like that could, I can, oh. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, Cynic, put it back in your pants. I know, right? Like, fuck me, that game, ugh. Maybe you didn't see it. I did, though. I, something about, yeah, just all the things moving in the wind. The first shot of that I thought was CG. With him standing next to his horse, with the trees blowing behind him, like, that's, again, that foliage, foliage density. Holy fuck, dude. Holy fuck. Like, I've not seen, like, point me to a game with that kind of foliage density, with, with that kind of physics, and I will play it. I will play it. I know that um, there's mods of Battlefront that get it up to that level of foliage density, but those are mods, and that doesn't. That game isn't about the foliage physics. Seeing the stuff move when he moves through it, but also in the wind. Holy damn! And that's an open world game. The fact he goes up in that mountain and sees those towns in the distance, like that, just oh, the the being in that setting too like a realistic level japanese not a sekiro that even though that's kind of cool but like that kind of feudal japan realism the um i forget the name of the martial art but his drawing attack like when he draws that sword and cuts that dude like uh across the, i think it was across the, i don't think he cut his head off but he cut that dude in one hit like kill that guy in one hit with that, with that unsheathing attack, that classic samurai movie mood, like a move, man, like that, 
stuff like that. The fact that like he wipes off his sword properly before like putting it back in its sheath, like just stuff like that. The fact that they've sticking to the fact that no, 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 this isn't infamous. You're not going good side, bad side. They're just doing a story. This is this guy's story through this open world game. Um, and the fact that everything we saw in the E3 demo was a fucking side quest, like Cyberpunk in the behind-the-scenes demo. Blown away. Blown away. And this is, I I would bet 2019. I bet this is late 2019. This is their holiday game next year, and I am fucking buying it. Already sold. I don't care about the reviews. Again, and at the top half of this list, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Sekiro, Cyberpunk 2077, Tales of Asphere Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, I'm so pumped for that I will buy them sight unseen. Don't need to see the reviews. I will buy those fucking games. We'll buy those games. Already sold. That's how impressed I am. And it is really like just a case of... It, it was something I didn't... I'd never seen before, A, and I didn't know I wanted till I saw it, B. Sekiro. Sorry, no, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, the first trailer for it, like, yeah, they showed environments, but I was like, eh, the environments look kind of alright, I guess. Um, kind of actually looked a little bit plasticky if you go back and watch the first uh, game, so the first engine reveal trailer, or whatever they want to call it, the reveal trailer. Um, but they got those act that actor to play the bad guy, and that's cool. Like, I, There's some things to look forward to for the reveal trailer. For most of the reveal trailer, I was happy because of Sucker Punch, and I love that studio. But this trailer, or gameplay demo as it was, man. Anyway, with that, Ghost of Tsushima, my number one game of E3 2018. I bet you guys have a different order. I, I bet I'm really rare for liking that the most, and that's totally understandable because Cyberpunk looked look incredible. Spider-Man apparently played incredible. I get it. But for me, Ghost of Tsushima, man, that's, that's what I come to E3 for, just seeing something I've never fucking seen before. Um... If I had seen a second of Joel, seen a second, not heard about him, but seen a second of Joel in the modern day time period piece of The Last of Us demo, it would be number one. But since I didn't see him and the fact that it was kind of like more The Last of Us, the best looking The Last of Us it could ever have made, they could ever have made, but it's just more The Last of Us. I've seen all those mechanics before. Not even on my list. Not even on my list. No Joel as well. Not even on my list. But... Number one, Ghost of Tsushima. God damn, that game looked cool. So to recap, honorable mentions, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Resident Evil 2, Elder Scrolls 6, Starfield, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, Mega Man 11, and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. That's my honorable mentions. In fact, I'll throw Anthem in there because that game impressed me more than I thought it would. But top 10, Games of E3 2018, number 10, Devil May Cry 5, number 9, Control, number 8, Doom Eternal, number seven, Death Stranding, number six, Spider-Man, number five, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, number four, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, number three, Cyberpunk 2077, number two, Tales of Vesperia, fucking remake, motherfucker, and number one, Ghosts of Tsushima. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cynical Supplement. I will see you next episode. Goodbye. 